Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Eagle Eye Podcast. This is episode 30. We got so much to discuss about in this podcast. I am doing the intro a little bit different as in usual episodes as YouTube decided to cut our live podcast at the beginning of the show. So unfortunately, we'll uh, we'll have to rearrange and how we do that. But I hope you guys do enjoy the podcast. We'll be talking about Nekaxa, what went wrong for the team, and exactly what needs to change coming Saturday against Atlas. So much to discuss about, so much to talk about with you guys and again thank you so much for all of your support whether you're listening to us via soundcloud itunes youtube whatever it may be we appreciate every single one of you guys make sure you guys do follow us on twitter at eagle ipod and uh, we'll be giving away something very special once we get to that 300 follower mark so again thank you so much for your support and enjoy the show just thinking of the result right now it's really bummer right now for me so we're here and there i guess you could say in a sense we're here and there the perfect sum up the perfect uh, I guess, analysis of what uh, most of us feel right now. Because, of course, it is the first game. I did say in the last pod, it, if we did not get a result, it wasn't time to start panicking, but it was time to start asking some questions. And we're going to be asking those very same questions today. But before so, I think it's important that we kind of point out everything that uh, we thought was going to go right and didn't go right. So we'll, we'll definitely talk all about that and and, and discuss what happened in Aguascalientes against Necaxa, who I think played a very good game. But I think a lot more people, a lot of people are giving them a lot more credit than they actually do deserve. Because if you see the way we played against them in certain periods of the game, we were much better, but we just kind of lost that spark. And because of that, they were able to capitalize on it. But again, we'll go over that in full detail in, in just a couple. And then, of course, we'll we'll preview the big, uh, the big game because it is our opening home game of the season against Atlas in the Estadio Azteca. So, Dylan, we ready for this? Let's go. Let's get it. All right, let's get it. Mr. Leva's already in the group chat. But beforehand, I want to I wanna say this. Uh, Dylan has requested that we give a uh a a question to the audience not not my preferred question uh but we're gonna give it to you guys anyways so question of the day is if you had to pick an america's rival team to support cruz azul chivas or pumas who would it be i would say none um but apparently dylan did not want to accept that for myself but shout out to cari torres who is out here in the group chat saying the caxa outplayed america they did, but not the way that people are trying to say that they did. And we'll go about that and we'll discuss that and we'll say why it is that I think that Nakaksa wasn't super amazing the way that people want to paint them to be. Because I, I I think if you see this this game, if you see that Nakaksa team, they played very good extensive periods of, of, of football, but I don't think they were exactly this kind of amazing team that outplayed us completely. I don't know what you think, Dylan. I mean, yeah, I mean, I agree to you. I agree with you. I mean, you know, but, you know, the first half, you know, really, you know, there wasn't, I didn't really see much exactly from America, too. I guess you could say in the first half to me, you know, we've seen the Gaxa outplay uh, America. But, you know, in the second half, you know, we see some sparks. We see some life. Obviously, Roger Martinez giving a goal to his first goal. Um, not necessarily his first goal in an America jersey, but in the first in official the goal. As well. Yeah, first official goal, really. But still, you know, we see some sparks, but just obviously not enough to get the job done. It wasn't enough to get the job done exactly. Um, so let's just dive, let's dive right into it and let's uh, let's break it down. Let's uh, dissect this and let's see exactly what went wrong for our Aguilas. Dylan, do you have the lineup or should I say it? You should say it because I don't have it ready. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we went out with the 4-4-2 that we anticipated uh, last week here on the podcast. We went with uh, Marchesin and Go. We went with Paola Aguilar on the right-back position. The two center-back pairings were uh, Bruno Valdez and Emmanuel Aguilera, who both had a terrible, terrible game. We'll discuss about that a little bit further. And then, of course, left-back making his official debut with America was uh, Luis Reyes. In the midfield, we had uh, Guido Rodriguez with Joe Corona. I'll go into details exactly why it is that I didn't like that partnership. And then out wide, you had Renate Ibarra and Andres Ibarguen. And up top, you had the uh, official debut of Roger Martinez. And then, of course, you also had Mr. Henry Martin, who I think had a terrible, terrible game, which is quite disappointing because it was I was one of those people who said he should have started and he needed to start against Nakaxa after the wonderful, wonderful goal he had scored against Manchester United. Really? I mean, I don't know. I mean, you have your bad games and you have your good games. I mean, I, I, know, I know at the same time, too, you know, uh, we saw some good things from Henry. You know, we started to die down in Clausuda, too, as well. And it's really, it really sucks to see, you know, 
him have such a good goal and a decent game against Manchester United and to come back out and I was kind of empty and not really perform. No, it was a terrible, and he he's the reason why they scored that second, no, that first goal on us, to to, to be honest. And we'll go, we'll break that down a little bit further too. But um, talk to me. You see the lineup, it's practically the lineup we predicted. Uh, what was your thoughts when, uh, obviously, you, you released the lineup to, to the world on, on our Twitter account? What were you thinking about? I liked it. I mean, it was pretty good, you know, considering the fact, you know, that we had some we had some injuries. Um, obviously, uh, Linus, Sanchez, and Vargas off, too, with the U21s and Colombia right now, too, a row. And so, you know, I saw this lineup and said, okay, you know, this is a lineup that can go out and, and get the job done and get that result that we wanted to. So, you know, I, I saw it as, as a good lineup. It was it, it was a good lineup, taking in consideration the injuries, the absences, the you know the fact that some of these players weren't even ready yet because of the World Cup. I think we had said that we were going to feel the best possible lineup we had, but it was not going to be our strongest lineup by any means necessary, and we definitely proved that it's not. Even though, with that said, you would have imagined that we had enough squad depth and enough talent on that pitch to be able to cause more of a threat to Nakaksa than what we did on Sunday. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. And especially you've seen the two in the preseason too, with the youngsters too that are getting the opportunity, they're getting the shot, getting those minutes in the preseason too. And you know, something we'll touch on too, on based on two. I know we're kind of just barely getting started, and you know, we'll talk about the first half. But going into the second half too, man, you know, those substitutions again really killed us, and that, that's something you know that really frustrates me too as well. I think you know there's there, there's always the saying of a perfect storm in in regards to something good happening, right? But I think this was the perfect storm for America and everything and anything that could have gone wrong at the start of the season. You know, your arguably your best creative player goes down with an injury. Your one of your most talented wingers gets uh, you know gets thrown out with an injury you have your best uh your best youngster that's going to be missing due to the fact that he's off in national team duty you know you have uh, players that are not 100% ready because of the world cup so all of this that could have gone wrong went wrong for america and then that game itself too everything that could have gone wrong went wrong for america too two center backs that we praised all last season in bruno valdez and emmanuel aguilera two center backs that had kept edson alvarez on the bench uh just no just did not show up to that game whatsoever. I think Bruno Valdez had the worst game of his life in an America jersey. Just absolutely looked just way out of it, not even preseason. Um, and, and I'll say this much, though. It, it, it did, uh, I did talk to you in regards to the defense during preseason that it was a cause for concern. But I think we overlooked it just because we thought it's preseason. Everything will be ready by the kickoff. But obviously we were, we were wrong to think of that. Um, the partnerships just weren't there. Some of the players just looked sluggish, like they were walking around. I mean, Ibarguen, I mean, did he even touch the ball? You know, it's it's ridiculous. He, he didn't really play to the standards that we were hoping that he was going to have because we said, it, you know, with all these injuries, with all these absences, the one man that you thought that you could put so much kind of confidence in was going to be Andres Ibarguen. And uh, I, I think he lets us all down. Henry Martin, of course, I already mentioned him, had a terrible, terrible performance. And then uh, if, if you look at the center uh, center mid role, I, I think Joe Corona was very quiet in that game. And Guido Rodriguez himself was just kind of, you know, just just out of position most, most of the time for me. I think the only two players that you can say had arguably a good game was probably Renato Ibarra and uh, Roger Martinez. Yeah, and it's very frustrating, too. This is something I thought about, too, is, you know, uh, considering the fact, you know, that you have two new players with this team, Roger Martinez and Luis Reyes, I mean, these guys were playing together in Clausuda. I mean, you don't expect these guys who have had a season under their belt together, you know, going through preseason and training together to go out and play like the way they did. I mean, it just seemed like there was no chemistry on the field either. Yeah, there, there really wasn't. It, it it just looked like it was just a pickup game that, you know, all of these players were playing with each other for the first time. And that's what worries me the most is because this is not a team that has so many signs, that has so many new faces. Yeah, we have a new left back and we have a new forward. But besides that, everyone should know each other by now. Everyone should be accustomed to how you play and everyone should know what you're playing for. You've had six months under under Miguel Herrera to know exactly what you're playing for. The fact that you come out here and you showcase the poor performance that you did leaves me to ask, what is it that the players are are, are lacking in? Is it confidence? Is it, you know, 
is is there something going on in the locker room? What what what's going on with these players? What what is their mindset? They can't be on vacation because vacation ended a long time ago, you know. Yeah, and you know that that's really bad. You know the players having this mindset too, especially you know um, coming in. You know what's at stake too. Um, they all, I think that, I think pretty much you know it's uh, told around that Piojo, you know. Uh, could be seeing the door soon too. You know, if we don't have if we don't have uh, silverware this season too, and I'm pretty sure everybody in this club is going to want to go out and get silverware too after coming up short uh, about four times. You, you could say, in in the last year in the Apertura and the Clausura too, between and between the Copa Champions League, yeah, Copa in between uh, Champions League too as well. Yeah, I mean, let's let's break it down. Let's let let's talk first half and let's dive into what was the terrible start. Um, I think as soon as the kickoff goes, I think you see the there's one team motivated more than the other, and that's Nekaxa. You know, obviously they're at home, obviously new management. Uh, the players look like they're actually playing for the manager. It, it, this Nekaxa side has a lot of impressive uh, players, has a lot of impressive qualities. I think the way that uh, they, they moved the ball around was very well, but I think America did not do what America had done previously that we praised them for so well, and that was putting the team that they're going up against under pressure. I think if you look back at, at how America starts off games and you saw the way that we have this kind of high tempo, this high press, this high kind of intensity that we makes make it so that in the opening minutes, a team doesn't get comfortable. Because if you give a team the opportunity to get comfortable and you don't really assess the dangers that they could possibly have, then you're giving them all the right to just manage the game from there on. I think what we did great at the beginning of last season was the fact that we pressed these teams. We didn't give them much time on the ball. We made it uncomfortable for them to play out the back. We didn't really see that. We gave them plenty, I mean, plenty of space to move the ball around. Our midfield looked absolutely just nowhere, absolutely nowhere. And I think that's what frustrated me so much is because you had Joe Corona and Guido Rodriguez, two players that like to play deep, uh, just gave uh, Nekaxa just a really, really good opportunity to get in and kind of just carry the ball through. Our forwards weren't really pressing. I didn't see Roger really try to, you know, press the ball as much as maybe an Oriol Peralta would. Uh, Henry Martin, I didn't even talk about him. He just kind of looked sluggish on the ball too. And then someone that actually, when he did come into America, looked like he was actually, you know, fighting for something. He was pressing every play. He was running around, you know, just chasing every ball. And really didn't see that from him in this game against Nekaxa. Um, but if you go, if, if we're going back to the to the home team, I think what they did well was they saw that you know we 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 planted ourselves very poorly at the beginning of the half, and and they took advantage of it by all means necessary. I think they knew that our weakness was definitely going to be the, uh, their speed up front because let's, let's face it, I think our left side is really vulnerable to that. If you look at Luis Reyes, just absolutely horrible, horrible game of his. He was getting outpaced by uh, by Alvarez, his ex teammate. You know, um, and and you know the less said about Aguilera and his pace, the better. You know, so it's it's ridiculous to see that uh, that that we can't really compensate against you know a team like Necaxa who puts us under pressure, and we don't even wake up until the second half. I'm gonna use your favorite word here, Ivan, because you used it a lot too in the Clausura. Um, the structure, you know, I don't think this team had structure with, with within itself too, as well. Yep. Today's podcast is brought to you by the word structure. Something <laughs> America did not have, and they didn't. They they really they really didn't. Um, you look at the shape we had; it was terrible. If you look at the shape the defense had, it was even worse. I mean, if you look at the goal, uh, the 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 first goal. I, I think the first goal is perfectly. Uh, mm-hmm. You look at the defensive line. As a center back pairing, you know that the most important thing is staying in line. That's yeah. the most important part. Because whether you're trying to play an offside trap or not, you know that the most important part is stay in line with your partner. You know, it it, it just looked it looked terrible from Bruno Valdez that he was just so far back while Emmanuel Aguilera, Paul Aguilar, and Luis Reyes had all pushed up. Why what was he doing so far back? That's my question. That that really is my question. What was he doing so far back? Not just once, but twice. You know, in the first goal they catch him on all the way back. In the second goal, they catch him all the way back as well. So it's 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 ridiculous to see the fact that this team just had no structure. The team had no real uh kind of spine to it. I think it was just all over the place. No one really knew what to do about it. Yeah, and you know, seeing seeing some training videos today too, you know, obviously Miguel Herrera 
I think is addressing this too as well, you know, which is something that obviously needs to be addressed because that's just ridiculous how you're going to not be in sync with with your with the partnership like that too as well. And so, you know, just seeing that too, I mean, that's something that's going to have to be worked on and fixed immediately because we can't have that the next game either as well. I mean, I mean, granted, you know, yeah, this is still an early season, but at the same time, you got 16 more games to go. I mean, do, do these three points come back and haunt you is, is what, what makes me worry too a little bit. Oh no, and and we know that, and we know that by experience because the two uh, the two tournaments that we have covered on this podcast, we have all said, if we get a certain result in a certain different time, then things look way different. But that's mm-hmm. for for if buts and maybes, and we don't want to get there. That's the point. We don't want to get there. We don't want to look back and reminisce on what if our opening game was better. What if we hadn't gotten a different result here and this and that. And and for me, that's not what this team's about, especially not what the club stands for either. We need to go out there and prove ourselves against Atlas. Let's let's. Be, but before we get carried away with that, I think we need to address the biggest issues that were in this Nekaxa game. And we addressed one, which was the center back partnership. I think was terrible, horrible. Needs to change up. There was one player that played a World Cup and de- demonstrated to the world that he is definitely top talented center back or center center defensive mid, and that's Edson Alvarez. He shouldn't have ridden the bench. I don't know why he did. But I think now there's no excuse as to why you leave him on there, especially after the poor performances that uh, Bruno Valdez and Amanora Guerrera had been displaying in preseason and then, of course, displayed against Necaxa. Ultimately, who do you take out? I know that we read rumors and we've seen pictures of what's going down in training. It looks like Bruno Valdez has been taken out, and it looks like it's, it's going to be Edson Alvarez and Emanuel Aguilera for the next game. But for you, what is that perfect center-back partnership? I think it's going to really be that. I mean, I'll, I'd like to see the Edson Alvarez and Emma Aguilera partnership go down against Atlas. And you know what? This might be a controversial take, but I'd rather see Bruno Valdez and Edson Alvarez. I mean, I could see either one too as well, but you know, just Edson getting that starting in those minutes, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be key, you know, especially with you know, like you said, you know, him being a World Cup player, him actually getting a, a couple starts too, and actually playing those minutes, especially against Germany too, whenever he stood out too, you know, it, it's something he's something that's um, he's got um, he's proven and he's gonna show again too come time whenever it is, you know, um, the depending. The, it doesn't matter to me if it's going to be Bruno Valdez or Emma Aguilera. You know, it, whether, whether it comes time, you know, I'll be happy with either one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would rather prefer Bruno Valdez, but I do like the fact that if he does get sit out, it's going to be a good kind of like, I guess, a wake up call for him to kind of step it up. Because if he doesn't, he's, he's going to be right at the bench. You know, going back to what you said, you know, uh, of why we didn't understand um, Edson. Uh, was right on the bench too to start the game. You know, I mean, how does Bioho not even see? You know, with the way things are going uh, in the defense, how he doesn't put him in earlier too in the game. I think he just kind of has confidence in the center back partnership. I think he looks at the fact that you know this is a, a two very kind of veteran players in that sense that have played countless of minutes and you know and and together too. I think that's the most important part. You you look at that and you say okay, these are these are two center backs that have played with each other for, you know, 6 months now. I, it, why would you want to disrupt that? Because honestly though, even though Nakaxa had their opportunities, they they weren't really super aggressive sometimes, you know. That do you remember another time besides maybe what a corner kick uh that Marchesin actually had to do something really, you know, really drastic? I mean, no, but I mean, but still at the same time. And then, you know, to start the second half, you know, we see um, Oribe come on for Joe. I mean, like, is, is that really the, the right I think sub that was, at that time? I think, I think that was probably the worst substitution he could have made at that point. Yeah, be, because because we, we can go back and say again, too, you know, the start of the second half, you know, you know, it doesn't really make sense to me either. You know, what, what the team is going for at, at that time. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, we start off, you know, firing, you know, getting some things going, too. You know, I mean, like we said, you know, the second half, you know, we saw some sparks, but obviously it was enough. But still, I mean, Joe, Joe for Oribe or Oribe for Joe. I mean, I don't I don't I don't understand that to me. And I think the worst part was is that you saw Oribe play in such a deep role that uh, whenever he did come on for for Joe, it did it, it, it kind of was baffling. It was like, why, what's Oribe Peralta going to do kind of in that center position? You know, mm-hmm. he's exactly. not he's not a playmaker. He yeah, he can hold on to the ball and you can play off him. But. Besides that, he's not going to pick you a 30, 40 yard ball in, you know, in, into a dangerous area. He's supposed to, he's meant to be inside the box for a reason. So that, that was, that was a pretty dumb move, but 
Um, I think just to kind of sum up the whole first half, it was poor. Really, really, really poor. Um, a lot of players just didn't look like they were up for it and just a lot of doubts, a lot of doubts. And I, I think I even said it myself, it, we, we looked very sluggish. We we, we gave Nakaksa all the opportunity to move and go forward. Uh, we didn't really press them. We let them play their game, which I think was the worst part about it is you you gave this Nakaksa team so much room, so much space that, yes, any team that is given that much time and space, that much freedom, that much time to do what they want to do, they're obviously going to look like the much better team than you. You know, and that's why a lot of people said Nakaksa outplayed us so much, which they did. They outplayed us to a certain extent. And we'll talk about that, and I'll talk to, about that why when we talk about the second half. Because if you saw, America just kind of just was, all right, We'll let we'll let the pressure come to us. We'll let the pressure come to us, and then we'll try to counterattack. We'll try to get something off. Uh, but we just said, okay, Nakaksa, you can have the ball. Come at us. And Nakaksa was smart. Nakaksa was smart. I'll, I'll give them that. They were very smart. They 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 weren't just careless and just said, okay, we're gonna just keep going and keep going. We can go at it. They actually started thinking, okay. We're going to move the ball around. We're going to let America start running. We're going to let them chase the ball. We're not really going to put them under that much pressure, get them desperate enough to try to get the ball and get us on the counterattack. But all we really need to do is just keep passing because they're not really even pressing. And that's what Nikaksa did. That's all they did. They moved the ball around. We didn't press. And because of that, it's just it's 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 ridiculous that, that – uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I want to laugh because Labour put what – is with the trophy on your bed, and we'll discuss about that later. Um, but I mean, you're basically saying that like, we let Nakaksa play their game, we let them run circles around us, and that's why that's why they look like a Barcelona. And it was frustrating to see it, uh, you know, on on the couch, and you're just wondering why aren't you pressing? Why why are you giving them this much space? And I think that's what Piojo told them in the second half, uh, because once we did come back out, things were a lot different. Things were way, way different. But credit to Nakaksa because, you know, their young players demonstrated that, you know, given the right amount of time, given the right amount of space, you know, you can do a lot of damage. Yeah, and you really did see that too. I mean, especially with the mistakes we had too. They didn't really give us no mercy. They didn't. They didn't. So credit to them. I think their first half was very well. Uh, and then we move on to the second half. I think uh, I think we all wanted to see a substitution, right? Yes. I did. We got it. But not in the best form. What would you have done differently? I mean, really? I mean, you you would think, you know, if Oribe does come in, you know, which, I mean, if you're watching the game, you know, you see Piojo talking to Oribe, so you're assuming Oribe's going to come in. And so you would think it's going to be for probably Henry Martin. I would have wanted to see that. I would have yeah. loved to have seen that because it's a perfect man for man. You don't have to change much up. You still have a center mid that if you tell him to do the right thing, he will do. You know, if you tell Joe, don't go that deep. You have Guido. Let him do the running. Let him be the deeper man. You start becoming more of the playmaker. So I would have liked to have seen Henry Martin come off after the first 45 minutes because it was his fault. I'm not saying exactly. Well, I know I said it's his fault, but it's it's mainly his responsibility in the Nakaksa goal because if you see the ball is played to him and he gives the most horrible first touch, the most horrible first touch. He doesn't receive the ball. He can't control it. gives a horrible first touch that ends up being a pass to an Akaksa player who then ultimately all he needs to do is pass it to the player that was up front, which I think was what, Davila, who scored mm-hmm. the goal. Uh, so it was, it, you know, all he had to do is play to Davila. Bruno Valdez was already, you know, in a terrible position. And I don't know why he just kept standing off. I would have liked to see Bruno Valdez actually go and try to get something, a foul or anything at this point, because you just, you're, you're backing off, you're backing off, you're backing off, you're blocking Marchesin's view, and you give him all the time in the world, and look what happened. We concede. But and going back to my first point, I think Henry Martin should have been off, uh, because really, he came back on, and nothing really came. Uh, he, he stayed on the pitch, excuse me, for what, 70, 80 minutes afterwards? 84 minutes. And he stayed on until the 84th minute, and he didn't really produce much. So it would have been nice to have seen Peralta come in for him. I mean, it is is what it is, too, at the end of the day, you know, but it's definitely not what you expect 
but it can't be, it can't be we can't just sit here and be like well it is what it is because it, it can well, be, well i mean it, that can't be what it is well i mean i mean to a sense it is because why why did why did people wait another another 40 minutes to make another substitution whenever we, whenever he obviously sees sees the team lacking too but we for from him and this is and exactly your your biggest pet peeve from him it has been the fact that his substitutions have always come late and i think it's something that he still for some reason i don't know why he's got two he's got two tournaments one full year under his belt where we keep it we keep saying to him why have the substitutions been so late what's going on you see the camera pan over to him and he's just contemplating he looks like he's just got no idea like who would I, what do i do what do i trust i mean it's 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 really frustrating Kari says piojo is the problem guys i don't i don't think piojo is a problem i think he becomes his own problem when he starts overthinking but i think he's a very talented manager i think he's the right manager for us at this moment and i do think he can lead us to that 13th title it just so happens that he always does this to himself in games like this how many times have we seen it against Nakaxa? Away against Morelia. Away against uh, Veracruz. Away. These teams that you think you need to get these three points, you, they're not guaranteed three points, but you think they're the weaker opposition, so you're gonna get three points. And what happens? We 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 always end up on on the wrong side of it because Pio Herrera always, for some reason, in these games, overthinks about substitutions. And like we said, it just it just kills it. I mean, it kills the team. And then you obviously, you know, we already spoke about it too. You know, um, Oriba for Joe. I mean, really. I mean, and look. And if if he didn't like what Joe's performance and and he wanted to take him out, okay. But don't bring in Oriba. But he's not going to give yeah. him much in that area. Bring on Edson. Edson exactly. would. Edson has as much as we like to praise him for his defensive work. He has a great uh, a, a great way to kind of play the ball out the back and, and push forward. I, You've seen him do it with the Mexican national team. You've seen him do it a bunch of times with America. When he gets that ball at his feet, he can just run and run and run and find space. And that's what's important. He can find space. He can pick out a pass, not a, a, a long over-the-head pass, but he can play a really good one-two pass with someone. And if you didn't like that that Joe was not kind of creating stuff, if you would have brought in Edson, things would have looked much better in the midfield. Exactly. I, I feel like I feel like too that midfield would have been more more key, and that that midfield is the structure of the team too as well. Yeah, obviously, you know you're not gonna get that with Toribe, like you said, but you know, I, still, man, I mean, it's just frustrating. It just really uh, is. Yeah, it is. I mean, our good friend Football Forever says Edson for Aguilera. Aguilera constantly pushed up, and after the ball was lost, Bruno was left exposed, covering both center back spots. And that's true. And and if you see that uh, in the second goal, I think that's the perfect uh, mm-hmm. the, the the perfect picture to paint. Uh, Aguilera pushes up, and. And, and they're both at fault here. Both Aguilera and Bruno Valdez are at fault here. I know a lot of us just want to throw the, the, the blame at Bruno because he's the one that's kind of the furthest. But he, uh, he he steps up. Bruno doesn't step up with him and then gets caught off. And then Bruno sees that there's an open gap. So now he's trying to, you know, kind of cover his space and kind of just, you know, cover two spots when, you know, only one person can do so much. Uh, but I, I think we said it. Edson for Aguilera or Edson for Bruno. Point is, Edson needs to start. Definitely. Definitely needs to start, man. <sighs> well, it is. But Kari uh, says, it's okay, guys. Leon took an L2, and it was frustrating to watch as well. So Kari feels our pain. So thank you, Kari, for, for those great uh, great words of cheering up. But uh, but we can't, we, we, we can't be okay with this because I, so much is riding on this season. So much is riding on on the expectation that is uh, that 13th title. Now is a better time than ever to cement yourself as the best team in Mexico in regards to championships. You know, you're at a stage where you need only but uh, just that one trophy. You, you get it. You won over your rivals. Right now, your rivals are probably in one of the worst states of their, you know, kind of career in regards to you know, what's going on in, 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 in regards to the president, to the owner, what's in, and all that stuff. So if you cement a title in a season where your rivals are not doing that well, then what does that say about you? You know? So I yeah. think, so I, I, I think we want the perfect start here and, uh, and unfortunately we haven't gotten it and we'll have to wait and see. 
yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. You know, uh, after this happened, you know, I kind of I kind of looked at it and I thought, well, what if it's just a backward season now? I mean, like America last two times started off really good and then just kind of slumped. Well, what if we started off bad and then we rise up to the top? You know what I'm saying? No, I, I, I get you. I get you exactly what you mean. Um, but I mean, uh, what more do you want to add on to the second half, which which I think we still have a little bit more to talk about before we jump into the Atlas game? Um, really, I guess we could talk about Rogers goal a little bit, too, which was, you know, which was a good goal. You know, some good team played too right there, too. Um, I think we not to be bothered with the assist, too, right there. But, you know, that, that's one thing, you know, not necessarily we overlooked, but, you know, we're taking our frustrations and everything out to being um, to this game, you know, because the things we didn't see, the things we didn't want to see. And considered to the things that we wanted to see, which was this team to play good. And, you know, the second half, you know, we do see some some sparks from the team, too, as well, going forward. Uh, Renato, obviously, doing Renato things. You know, I thought he looked great on the ball. You know, he was taking on some players. You know, he was getting past some players, you know, putting in some crosses, you know. Not necessarily that the crosses always met somebody at the end. of the at the at end, But still, I mean, you know, we see him have some life, you know, still still keeping that form that he has whenever he's going back to when we go back to the Klausuda. But, you know, um, other than that, you know, Roger's goal, you know, good stuff from him, you know, some good stuff from Renato too. I, yeah. Great stuff from them as well. Um, I mean, besides them, is there anyone else that you think had a pretty decent game? I mean, no, I mean, there's really nobody to point out. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't eleven players versus eleven players, really, to me. It wasn't right, and that's the most frustrating part. That's the most I frustrating mean, part to me. I mean, just like we said, you know, just this this team didn't have that chemistry, didn't have that team core, didn't have that structure going into this game. And, you know, that's something we got to build on. It is. It is. So ultimately, we want to sum up this game to what terrible tactics, terrible team performance. And just not enough, uh, just not enough from from anyone really. No, um, not even enough. I mean, I'm mean, still at the end of the day, you know, um, not not necessarily satisfied either with to an extent, not necessarily satisfied with Rogers or not just performance. I still feel like we can get more out of them, but like we said, it's just it's just uh, week one. You know, we still got a full season ahead of us, which I know they can pick it up and pro- provide more and produce more. And it's true, and it's true, and uh, I. Just to kind of wrap up this whole Atlas, uh, Atlas, Necaxa America game. Um, ultimately, I think if you look back at what we did in the second half, like you said, glimpse of good things. Uh, what we did differently was we made sure Necaxa did not have as much freedom, as much time on the ball. And I think you saw a lot of that possession go back to America. Um, I think what you posted the momentum bar, didn't you? Mm-hmm, I did. And you saw this, the, the change. You saw yeah, how that dra- drastically changed because of that. And there was just one simple arrangement, one simple thing changed. And that was we didn't give them that much time on the ball. We pressed them. And wow, would you have imagined if you press a team, you're going to have the ball more. It's <laughs> it's ridiculous that it took us 45 minutes to realize that. So I think if you realize that, then at the end of the day, it was uh, – it, it was all right, you know, in in some aspects. But ultimately, you want to say that this was not the performance that you wanted to see. Although I was afraid that this was the performance we were going to get. Yeah, I mean, still, I mean, like going back to what I said, you know, besides besides Reyes and, and Martinez, I mean, these guys have already had a season under their belt, the Clausura. You know, definitely not, definitely not what, what, what you want to see from a team that's been playing together already. Yeah, well, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But, you know, credit to Nakaksa because I think they did a very, very good job at holding out for the game. I think they, they, they played smart. They didn't outplay us to the point where I was like, yeah, this Nakaksa team just outdid us completely. Uh, they were smarter than us. They were tactically uh, better than us. And they had what we didn't. That was structure. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. So credit to them. So, I think they did, they did well. Um, and this team... A lot of questions had to be asked. A lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, answers need to be given this next week against Atlas. It's at home. I hope that the boys know that, and I hope that they know that there's a responsibility that comes with playing in the Azteca, especially after the performance Cruz Azul put there in uh, in last week. 
when they when they played against Puebla. So I mean, you know, a lot of the pressure will be on us, and uh, whether or not we kind of you know make it uh, make it known that we're still the number one team, then you know we'll have to wait and see. But at the end of the day, so far not 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 what you want to see, and, and not good by any means necessary. God, I just hope we don't take eighty five minutes to score like Cruz did. I don't I don't care regardless of the fact of of the missed chances they had, but still, God, I can't even take the imagine of them playing the Azteca it's still. By the way, the pitch looked terrible. It for did. The Azteca. What what did they do to our grass? It was was it them that won any grass? I don't know, I don't remember. I'm not for sure to be honest, but God, I mean, that was I hope, terrible. I, I hope it's not like that come Saturday. That looked like my Sunday League team grass right there. I mean, I mean, we we can have good grass when America plays there, but let's just bring out the bad grass when Cruzazo plays there. Just again. switch out the just switch out <laughs> just grass switch out. in the week. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. man, but uh, yeah, ultimately, I think every fan will say not enough. Uh, what do you think the feel is? A lot of people asking for Piojo's head already. I've actually seen actually on Twitter a little bit people already asking for Piojo's head. To be honest. But, I mean, and I had told you guys. I had said, I I literally had said, a couple bad results does not mean we have to get rid of him right away. A poor start does not mean we have to get rid of him right away. Let's give him, like you and me both said, this whole year, this whole apertura and clausura. Let's give him at least this whole year. At the end of the day, by 2019, if we have yet to lift a trophy, then you know what? There's the door, my friend. Thank you so much for what you did. If we do have trophies, then by all means necessary, let's continue to have him, uh, you know, as as our manager. I think he's the right the right uh, person to kind of bring out the best out of these these players. And you know, yeah, the result against Necaxa is terrible, but doesn't mean that our season is completely over. And I mean, the perfect example it's always going to be Tigres. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. I agree with you there. But no, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just frustrating start really is but i mean i, I don't know I, I still have a good feeling about this feeling st- uh, about the season still that is correct so um ultimately 2-1 horrible defeat to nakaxa but i think uh it, it's going to be a good wake up call i think it, it it probably is the perfect start to the season that we might have wanted because if if you go on win against nakaxa and then kind of think oh everything's going to go good and then things start to trample and fall down Maybe things, uh, maybe things are gonna look better after after this loss. Yeah, yeah, like you said, definitely a good wake up call too for the guys. You know that, you know, you can't just steamroll past everybody. Th- despite of you know the the depth that we have in the squad, you know the players that we have. I mean, we have the talent. I mean, it's there, you know. But you know, we can't just take every team lightly either. And I hope people have realized that we have yet to touch upon the fact that we have injured players. I know I've mentioned it, but we did. And we have said this before. It's not by any means an excuse for us this season at all. It will never no. be an excuse for us. It, it it shouldn't and never will be because, one, you have talent. You have squad depth. That's why you build this team. Two, you have very, very good young kids that can come in and play. And three, we're America. That's, we don't get the luxuries <laughs> to say that uh, that injuries are, are a reason to, to call it a bad season. So. I hope people know that, and I hope people can see that we're not trying to assess this as, oh, we're you know stuck in a bad situation because of injuries, even though we are, but we're not going to use it as, as an excuse. No, never, never. Never whatsoever. So we'll change topics. We'll, we'll, we'll veer our course now towards Atlas and the Estadio Azteca. But beforehand, we want to say thank you to all of you who have supported us and are here in the live chat. Uh, shout out to, like I said, Miss Cari Torres from Footmix Nation, Mr. Leva, who's always here and chilling with us, even though he is a Chivas fan saying America is overrated. I will always be a Chivas son. It's okay. Don't worry. Our agenda is to convert you to uh, to to the right side. Join us. You know, we promise you the grass is always greener over here than uh, over there where uh, I have no idea where I'm going with this. But, yeah, just come over <laughs> here. Just, you know, be an America fan. You know you want to. We will we'll accept anyone, even if you were, you know, potentially a Chivas fan before. Christian, who uh, says he's on the group chat right here, unfortunately wasn't able to make it to today's show. He will be coming back on next week. We'll, uh, we'll look forward to you coming on here, Christian, and uh, giving people your word. And uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Luis, 
who's <laughs> who's here as well. Unfortunately, wasn't able to see that that game against Nakaxa due to a couple TV rights and everything. Mr. Luis, do you have dish? Is my question. If you have dish, then I feel your pain. I really, really do feel your pain. Um, Dylan, anything else you want to say to to everyone? Um, no, no, just thanks. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for the support. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, uh, I don't remember how many followers we have. I think we said it's 12 or 13 more followers. So we have our next giveaway. I need to apologize for that. <laughs> I need to apologize for that because I had said last week that we only need 15 followers more to do this kind of big giveaway. Uh, when apparently we needed 25. So Ivan needs to go back to school because he thinks that, uh, 15, plus uh, 75 equals 100 when obviously that's not even close to anything. Um, so I do want to apologize for that. And uh, now we're close. Now we're close. So make sure you guys do follow us on Twitter and uh, we're going to be giving away something really, really nice in, in uh, the, the upcoming weeks because uh, we'll, we'll, we're pretty confident in getting to that 300 mark. Yes. Yes, we really are. I mean, some follower count be going up too. Um, just you know, just a lots of lots of support too from people. Um, especially that dude from from Ireland who's watching the what the U seventeens over there in that tournament. Shout out to him, man. Shout out to him. Shout out to everyone, really. We love interacting with all of you. You know, I mean we get crazy stories like this. You know, America fan out in Ireland, uh just you know, watching the team, covering the team, being able to soak in, in that experience, even though it's U seventeen, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter yeah. whatsoever. It's still it's, it's still an amazing kind of you know experience and the you know the fact that the English language has you know transcended overseas is ridiculous. So shout out to him. Shout out to to all of you really because we we love interacting with you guys. And if you guys do follow us on Twitter and you know just shoot us a message, shoot us a tweet, we're always going to do our best to respond and just kind of you know interact with you guys because I think at the end of the day that's the most important part. Yes, yes regardless of the result. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, you know, because we wouldn't we wouldn't be here without the without the the fans. We wouldn't be. So thank you guys for your support. Really, thank you so much. Mr. Leva has put Diego Linus over Messi, and that, my friend, is probably the first thing we have agreed on in the history of our uh, our friendship here on the podcast. <laughs> All righty, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on to the Atlas preview. We got a lot to talk about, and that's because we have a new signing, correct? Yes, a new signing, indeed. A new signing that is going to be on loan for one year with the option of buying. His name is uh, Christian something? Yeah, I'm I'm not for sure how to pronounce that last name either, but you're correct, Christian. Christian, I, uh, I, I, I'm just going to butcher it. I know I am, so I'm not even going to try it. But you guys know who he is. We know who, well, maybe not specifically know who he is, but he is uh, Argentinian, correct? Coming from the Chilean, uh, no, actually from the Paraguayan League. Okay. Okay. I thought it was from the Chilean League, but no. no he, was, he, was in the, he was in the Chilean League two seasons ago. Okay. But he mm-hmm. comes on. And I think when he came, when he comes, I think I, I I message all of you and I say not what I wanted. Um, no, I mean, I'm still on the fence about it to be honest. Like I really am, but like at the same time, I I feel like I'd rather see some of the youth getting that chance. But you know, I don't know. To me, I'm still on the fence about this signing. And talking about youth, shut up, shh, shh, can't even talk. Shout out to Mr. Ivan Moreno. Oh yes, this guy. Shout out to him, who is an absolute amazing of a player. I really do hope he gets a lot more minutes with the team. He was on the bench. I really wanted him to come on uh, for Ibarra to win. Unfortunately, uh, Pio Herrera had other uh, players in mind. But he is officially the first player in an America jersey to follow the account. So exciting. It really is. Which was really exciting, the fact that he actually did that. So shout out to you, Mr. Ivan. So from one Ivan to another, thank you, my brother. Thank you so, so much. Uh, but we're veering off course here. We're, we're, we're definitely veering off course. America versus Atlas is going to be this Saturday, uh, 5 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Central time, 8 p.m. Eastern time. And for our mountain time, friends, that is going to be 6 o'clock. <laughs> because apparently no. Dylan never lets me live down if I, if I never say that. And, uh, but it, 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 should be, it should be a good game. I think uh, Atlas coming in with a draw. Uh, at home against Querétaro, which I think was a, I, I, I caught a little bit of that game. What did, did, did you? 
Yeah, I caught, I caught, I caught a little bit of it too. So they you look know, pretty not... decent. I, I, I want to say they look pretty decent. And it's what about two weeks ago when they played them in Fresno when I was down there. So I this Atlas team looks like they could play some pretty decent football. So we'll have to wait to see exactly what they look like on Saturday, but it should be an interesting game. It's going to be our first game of the season, like I said, in the Estadio Seca. Back to that 5 o'clock schedule or 7 o'clock for people down there in Mexico. What did you? Uh, what, what are you expecting out of this game? What are you expecting come uh, come Saturday? I'm to be honest, I'm expecting a midfield battle. You know, I think you know when I watched that Atlas game a little bit too. You know, I think they came off to a little bit of a slow start, but as soon as the game came on, like this team started playing together, we started seeing more for that team too as well. And you know that midfield was clicking. So you know, I think Guido Rodriguez is gonna have some some jobs to do in the midfield too as well, especially Mateo Suribe, who I think it will start against Atlas too as well. I feel like that midfield is gonna be key to this to this game. I think you look at one player who's gonna have a really really tough game, and it's gonna be Luis Reyes. Going mm-hmm. up against his former team and going up against his former teammate, Mr. Reyes is going to have to go and face Brian Garnica. Mm-hmm. That's going to be an interesting battle too as well. It is, and, and hopefully he can out uh, he can outdo Brian because in the friendly, Brian was just doing whatever he wanted with anyone in, in, in that friendly against America and Fresno. So obviously he's very talented. Obviously he's a very, very good youngster, but I think you close him down, you close a lot of Atlas's. Uh, kind of threat going forward. Like you said, the midfield battle is going to be important. Uh, whether or not we're going to have to wait and see who starts in that midfield. We'd all love to see Mateo Soribes start. Whether or not he will, that's I think we're going to we're going to figure out literally by Friday if uh, if he either rides the bench or he starts. Hopefully he's fit enough to get things going. But I think besides that midfield battle, I'm looking at this side and I'm thinking. We're going to have opportunities if we play the right game. Our shooting boots, will they be on? I think so. I feel like Roger Martinez will get to start too, and I feel like he'll get some things going too as well. I think you look at Roger and the goal he scores, like you mentioned earlier against Nakaksa, it's just a goal you'd expect a striker of his quality to score. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So if we give him these opportunities, feed him the ball, and... You know, if he's in the, in that danger zone, then you can maybe put your money nine times out of ten. It's always going to go in the back of the net. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, he he's shown it too. I mean, uh, I feel like he's in the right right spot at the right time every time. So obviously, reports ca- coming out of uh, Coapa and and the training camp that uh, Pio Herrera started filled it up in eleven, which went like this: uh, Agustin Marchesin in goal, no surprise there. Paolo Aguilar, Luis Reyes. And the center back partnership was Aguilera and Edson Alvarez. In the midfield was Mateo Suribe with Guido Rodriguez. Out wide was Renato Ibarra with Ibar Gwen. And up top was Hen- uh, not Henry, was uh, Oriol Peralta and Mr. Roger Martinez. And then later on, Ibar Gwen was taken out of that starting 11 and uh, the youngster Lopez was put in. Um, seeing this and, and looking at all of this, do you think that she's going to be the starting 11? I think so. I, I, I really like that lineup. I really think, you know, this is one of our strongest lineups too as well. Um, you know, obviously, I don't think some people would agree with me. Obviously, that uh, Ibarri Green is probably not going to start and it's going to probably be Lopez. But still, I think this is good. You know, I really, obviously, you know, we have, we're advocating for Edson to start too. Um, at the same time, you know, not not really caring who his partner, who the partnership is between Edson and either Aguilera or Bruno Valdez too as well. But, you know, I think this is a good lineup. Obviously, the lineup is getting stronger if we do have Mateo Suriba starting again, too. But, you know, I like this lineup overall. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. So, I think it's fair enough if we were to make our prediction that that's our lineup. Yes, yes. All right, quick one. Are you putting in Lopez or are you keeping in Ibarwen? Um, I, I put in Lopez. Why not? I like it. I like it. I, I also want to see him. I, I think you saw a little glimpse of what he could do against Nakaksa. I think he looked pretty okay. I think let's see what he can do starting off the starting off in the first minute. And we'll have to wait to see after that. Yeah. Let's be honest. Ibarguen's just been terrible. Yeah. I mean, no, not necessarily the game you want him to see, too. Especially, you know, with us, you know, hyping him up a little bit, too, last spot. 
Yeah, no, and and we said a lot of responsibility was going to fall on his shoulders due to the fact that Cecilio Dominguez and Jeremy Menez were not going to be playing. Um, and now you see the way that he's performed. It's 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 just question, questionable, really, whether or not he's the right player to lead us forward. Yeah, didn't didn't really step up. Didn't step up at all to me. And I, I think you can agree with me that he didn't step up at all for you. No, no. So I think let him ride the bench for this one. Bring in the babies. Let him play. Let him, let's see what they can do against Atlas. Yeah, definitely. All righty then. So what do you think America needs to do besides kind of win the midfield battle? I think is there anything else that we need to see from this side to really showcase that we're that not 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 just to showcase, but to to get the three points because I think that that's the most important part. All eleven play really. I mean, we didn't really see that against Atlas too. I mean, um, having that structure. I mean, just just basically the stuff that that you know we see the mistakes and we didn't see against Nicaxa. I mean, you know, just build on that, you know, and and improve improve that that you do have that structure that you do have all eleven playing, you know, with that chemistry with the style, you know, to go out and do that. Um, I like to see them come out and press. You know, I know we saw that a lot too. And the Clausuda, you know, we come out pressing really high to give the opponent space on the ball. Uh, the passes that they didn't they make too right there. So, you know, just retaining possession early on and, you know, just building from the mistakes and what we can build on from last game too as well. Yeah, I, I literally was going to say that. I, I want to see them start the game off well like that. I want to, I want to, I want the, can't even talk, I'm sorry. I want them to just, you know, straight off the bat, like you said, press, uh, have that structure, know what you're playing for, know the tactics, execute the plays, don't force the ball, play it simple when you need to. And for the love of God, please, please don't overcommit to a pass. There's plenty, plenty of times where we have the ball and just for some reason want to chuck it up the field and try to get a a long through ball like that. It's it's not going to work. It's not going to work at all. Play smart. Play to the feet. Play those one-two passes that we know that we can do. And just play your football. And if you do so, then I promise you that the op- that the channels will open, spaces will be made, and hopefully we'll get a couple of goals because of that. Let's face it, at, at this stage, every team is is fresh. Every team hasn't really found a rhythm. Um, you know, some teams have more than others, but not, not everyone's at 100% yet. So I think you need to realize that, go out there, prove it, and just play your game, really. Yeah, I mean, that, that's all it comes out to is playing your game. If you're playing your game, I mean, you seem to- this team seems pretty set in stone from the get-go, too. Yeah. So, I mean, if we field those 11 and if we play the game that we know we can play, I'm pretty confident in, in, in getting the result, which we, we know it's it's either win or win. Yeah, basically. That's really what it is, man. That's what it's going to come down to. It really is. All righty, man. Time for predictions. Give me your prediction for Saturday. I'm going to take a 2-1 again. I'll take a 2-1 win. 2-1 win. All righty, then. Mm-hmm. And this game is going to be tough. Um, because I feel like some of these boys just aren't 100% confident, but I think if we start moving the ball around, if we get an early goal, then we can dictate the play from there. And if we do so, I, I think it's going to be a nice, easy win for us if we can get the the players going the way we did uh, whenever we, 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 we played you know, our game. I think at the end of the day, if we're being just, if we're being fair, I'm going to America 4-0. Let's go. We're, we're doing another 4-0 here at the Eagle Eye Podcast. It's going to happen. It's going to go down. It's going to be two goals by Roger Martinez, one by Oribe Peralta, and one by Mr. Mateo Zoribe himself. It's going to go down just like that. You guys heard it here first. And if and if that happens, I think we'll all be pretty happy and we'll forget about the Nakaxa game. Are you, are, you, are you sure? So I'm ready to write it down. Write it down. Write it down. I'm putting that. Okay. I'm, I'm going there. Write it down. America 4-0 come Saturday. We're, we're, we're going to watch uh, Atlas in that game, and we're going to come out victorious. Oh, well, it's written. It's in permanent ink, so no going back. <laughs> but um, regardless of the fact, I think three points are the most important thing here. Yeah, definitely. It, it has to be. It really has to be. So let us know what your guys' prediction is for Saturday's game. should be an interesting one. Uh I'm going for a nil. Dylan's going two one. Mr. Leva's going one one. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Mr. Leva, I said, how many times have you given that prediction correct? Uh, damn. I think it's it. It's been zero. 
Zero times. I, I, I've given that prediction like 12 different times, and the result has never been 4-0. But he, Christian agrees with me. See, Christian says 2-1 also. But you know what? Luis is going 4-1, so he's kind of got my back on this one. So, yeah. Well, uh, I'm still going 4-0. I think, you know, I if I say it a thousand times, at least one time, it's, it's got to happen, right? Thousand and one chance. Thousand to one chance. I'll take those odds. <laughs> I, I, I will. I'll take those odds. But ultimately, uh, I didn't even give that that prediction last week, huh? No, you gave you gave one zero last week. Uh, so disappointed that we didn't get that. But whatever. Um, although now that you say that, and I did say four zero, I think it's key to get a clean sheet. Yeah, it really is. It's gonna. It's not not necessarily for much of the scene, but for the back line too. That's the most important. That's what I was going for confidence in that back line to restore that confidence get that clean sheet whether it's one nil whether it's two nil four nil doesn't matter get that clean sheet close out the game and then you know build from there i think that's that that, that will help out the team a lot yes definitely it definitely will so, so, uh, i mean it's... all right last um, prediction give me your uh give me your breakout player for this game edson Edson. Really is. Yeah, I mean, he's going to come out and obviously have a great game. You know, I've come out for a great World Cup for him, especially at 20 years old. I mean, he's going to come out and do great things. And Fiojo's finally going to see, like, oh, Edson's no joke. I mean, we're going to start Edson every week now. All right. All right. I like it. I like it. I'm going with um, the youngster Lopez. Okay. Give I, I like that too. Give him the start and uh, he'll, he'll show you amazing things. I like that. I'll take that. Well, I'll definitely, definitely will. Mr. Leibas said Cuauhtémoc Blanco for, I don't know, I think breakout player. Don't don't tempt us because I think if we had the chance to play Cuauhtémoc Blanco this game, I sit down whoever you need to sit down. He he needs to start. <laughs> I'm always going to go by it. He, yeah, you put him out there on that pitch, I promise you, we win 4-0. <laughs> You're taking the 4-0 with Cuauhtémoc on, oh. on the <laughs> It goes down from a thousand to one to like ten to one. Promise you. Uh, was he going to score all four goals? No, he won't score all four goals. He probably score <laughs> one off a penalty or a free kick, but um, he he'll 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 provide the assists. Don't worry. Oh man. Uh, but um, Mr. Christian saying Gancito, whatever happens, whoever knows whatever who where do you retire? Christian, let us know if you can figure out the information to where the uh, Gancito ended up uh, retiring. This is before your time, huh, Dylan? No, I don't. I honestly don't. Can you imagine though having that as a nickname, Gancito? Damn. Couldn't. I mean, that's my nickname right now. Oh, my nickname in high school was Poito, So. Okay. You know what a Gancito is, right? It's one of those like little like uh, like not necessarily cakes, but like it's kind of like a sweet treat. Yeah, like a chocolate Twinkie, I guess. Yeah. Basically. Like yeah. Yeah, man, they're, they're delicious. Like you freeze them up, and you know it's just wow. So it's perfect. It's perfect. Welcome to the Gancito Hour on the Ego Eye Podcast. We're gonna talk about every single different way to eat a Gancito and share it with your most loved one. Um, but really, they're, they're delicious. I mean, you know, if we're, if we're going off topic here, you know, to be honest, you know, with me being in this small town, I never knew what a Gancito was until like I went outside of Sweetwater. Really? Yes. So they don't sell gancitos uh, where you're at right now? I, I hardly, I, I don't see them. I mean, now you see them every once in a while, like in a convenience store. But like growing up, I, I never did. You need to open your own gancito store in Sweetwater, <laughs> and you will be making bank. <laughs> I promise you. I promise you. It's like the perfect, perfect get rich idea. Three months in, you can retire. I promise you. We got, we got so far off into this food. You know, like I'm getting hungry, and like our listeners that who aren't aren't here listening at with the live in the live show, how far are like what the heck's going on? They probably turned it off by now. But <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll talk about Gancitos another time. Uh, but ultimately, I think it's 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 looking like it's gonna be a good game Saturday. So make sure you guys don't miss it. Again, we uh, reiterate the hours: five o'clock Pacific time, seven o'clock Central time. That's gonna be live through Univision, I believe. Yes. So, right. uh, 
Make sure you guys keep an eye out for that. Make sure you guys do follow us on Twitter because we'll have you guys covered for everything during that game, during that game, live tweets, live reactions, uh, just, you know, giving our thoughts and, and just interacting with all of you during, during the game. So make sure you guys do follow us for that. And we're going to be doing a very, very special giveaway time. And Christian, for those of you, Christian, for you, because you asked Mountain Time, it's going to be 6 p.m. So make sure you guys do tune into that. It should be a good game. Yes, that should be a good game, a very good game. Let's see if your 4 0 prediction comes true. Hopefully it does. And if it does, I will buy you a Gancito, Dylan. Okay. I like that idea. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. Uh, so make sure you guys do tune in for that. But we're pretty much running to the end of the show. We just no, kind of sign off. What? We're, we're, you forgot something. What did I forget? We're adding a new addition to the show where we talk about our Lady Aguilas. Ah, yes. Excuse me. That was a total my bad on on my part. Um, yes, the Lady Aguilas, who debuted yesterday with a very, very good result, ended up with a 2-1 victory over Toluca at the Estadio Seca. Yes, a very a very good showing from these from these ladies too. I actually got to see some highlights too. I I think it was from Univision on YouTube. I think I want to say maybe I could be wrong, but still, I mean, you know, we, we we saw some good things. You know, there were some good things going too. Um, it really sucks though. It was it was in the 90th minute in that one minute stoppage time where Toluca scored, and and what sucks is she had her hand right on the ball, like the ball hit complete palm and everything, still went in. I mean, that that's the, that's the frustrating part. Keep your keep your head up, JD. JD Gutierrez, who was the goalkeeper. Did I tell you about that? That funny story. My cousin actually, who lived in Mexico at the time, went to school with JD, so he knows her. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. I thought that was so, cool. Shout out to JD Gutierrez, and shout out to all the Lady Aguilas who are doing a very very good job. I I even told you this. I, I was actually bummed out that they didn't transmit this game uh, here in the United States. I would have much rather watched that than what I watched on Sunday. Interesting thing too from the lineup, um, uh, their best player in my opinion, because obviously top goal scorer in the Apertura and the Clausura, Luceo Cuevas did not yeah. start. Didn't even come off the bench. Look at that! Your star player gets a day off, and you can still pull away a very good victory. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that shows good things too. But you know, obviously, you know, it's, it seems kind of frustrating too because I feel like she would go out there and play unless there's like some injury that we don't know about, maybe. That, we, need, we need to dive in, into the world of Lady Aguilas a little bit more. No, maybe, maybe, maybe they'll see, maybe they'll expand, and we'll finally get to watch Lady Aguilas play one day. We, we need to invite a um, a fellow lady to cover the Aguilas on the podcast one day. We'll, we'll 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 find someone. Someone out there has to cover this team as well, right? That can come on the show and talk about them. I'm pretty sure we just gotta search Twitter. Do your thing. Let us know who should we invite on to talk about the Lady Aguilas. We'll give them hell. We'll give them the whole hour instead of the uh, instead of the boys because <laughs> the way that this team is going, I, I'd much rather talk about the ladies right now than than the gentlemen. <laughs> oh man! But you know, it's cool to see the 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 Liga Mekis feminine getting a little bit more traction. Um, I've always said that in a couple more years' time, the ladies are just going to be right up there with the men. And uh, I, the, you see the way they play sometimes. I granted, it's it's not the you know it's 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 not there yet to the extent of like a men's World Cup final, but they do have really really good games. And if you see some of these Liga Mekki games, they're just they're they're exciting to watch. Yeah, going 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 off a little bit, you know, I think since you know this started in the Open in 2017. I don't. I don't think there's been a scoreless game at all. There hasn't. I was like, we were watching the Mexican soccer show, and they were talking about that. So yeah, that's pretty cool. So you know, uh, someone get the rights. Someone gets the get the rights over here to to watch the games. We promise you, you are not going to be disappointed. Yeah, definitely. You know, that's something. That's something cool to talk more talk about too, more in depth if we get the chance. No, yeah, definitely. But we'll keep an eye out on our Lady Aguilas. So make sure you guys do support them. Hashtag Lady Aguilas. And uh, we're going to be rooting for them. Hopefully they can get their first trophy this season. Yeah, hopefully. And they've been come, and they've gotten close too, if I'm not mistaken. Really mm, they, close too. Yeah, they got they, – I think it was Tigres that knocked them out in the semifinals last, last, last in the in Clausura. Yeah. Mr. Leva has put, be honest, do you guys really watch the Women's World Cup? Yes and no. I, I do, but 
sometimes I forget it's on and I feel terrible for forgetting. Uh, but uh, can't wait for 2019 France. Should be a good one. Yeah, I mean, that's a no for me too. I mean, I'm just kind of in the sense, you know, I, I remember or I don't. But we'll definitely keep our eyes out for them, and uh, we'll we'll definitely talk about them a little bit more. We'll give them a much much bigger segment next week because I think they deserve it. Yeah, they play Friday against Cruz Azul, I think, in the Azteca. That's right. We got a classical Hoban coming up for so... the ladies. Yes. Wait, they play this Friday? They play Friday, I do believe, if I remember correctly. Wow, that is not a lot of rest. No, it's not. Crazy. I think about it. It really is not. But hopefully, hopefully that means that the pitch is going to be in better conditions. Mm-hmm. I hope so, too. We'll have to wait and see. But hashtag Lady Aguilas, like Mr. Luis has done it himself, over on Twitter. Make sure you guys do do that and uh, give the ladies as full much of support as possible. We'll definitely keep a very, very close eye on them. And hopefully uh, they can do way, way better things than the gentleman can do. <laughs> but no. uh, Dylan, anything else you want to add on? No, I think that wraps it up, man. All right, we're pretty confident for Saturday and Friday, hoping that we can both get, uh, hoping that both of the teams can get three points and really cement their season off to a very, very good start. But with that said, ladies and gentlemen, it's been episode 30. Wow, 30 episodes in. I haven't even noticed that. 30 episodes of the Eagle Eye podcast. Thank you all for your support and for coming out to the live chat. And for uh, all of those of you who are going to be listening to us on the go, if you guys ever miss a live show for whatever reason, make sure you guys do follow us on SoundCloud and iTunes where you guys can always have us in your pocket and can always interact with us like that as well. Make sure you guys do follow us on Twitter at Eagle Eye Pod. Dylan, anything else to add? No, no, we covered it all. Just, uh, just always thanks for the support, guys. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, stay hydrated. Eat a gancito twice a day, every day, and uh, you guys will live a much, much happier life. A gancito a day keep, keeps the doctors away. That is true. Not verified, but that is true. Um, but uh, it's been it's been all for us. Hopefully, you guys have a wonderful, wonderful evening. Have a wonderful week, and we'll be seeing you guys next week as we discuss everything that went down in the Estadio Azteca for both the Atlas game and the Cruz Azul game for the Lady Aguilas. So make sure you guys do tune in for that. Shout out to everyone who came out in the live chat. Miss Cari Torres, thank you for your support. And uh, Mr. Luis Leiva, Christian, and everyone, everyone else. Thank you, guys. We'll see you guys very soon. You guys can always catch us on Twitter, like I said. Uh, and, yeah, until next time, guys. Take care, and as always, Arriba la América.